When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons, only on The Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on The Horn on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're doing well with us. Uh, 512-447-3776 is the text line, the poll of the day today. What is your favorite Sooner joke? What is your favorite OU joke? It's your favorite Oklahoma joke, whatever you want to put it as. Uh, Texas plays Oklahoma tonight at 6 in just about an hour. Uh, Texas women's team plays Oklahoma tomorrow, so I thought we'd get in some, uh, you know, just some some Sooner fun, some uh, Sooner joke fun we could get in. On a Tuesday afternoon, it's not just for football. It's not just for football. I thought we'd get into that. Uh, to reset a little bit, we did talk earlier about the game today. We can maybe get back into that. If you guys want to talk about that at all, it is up on the text line. We can talk more about the Texas men's basketball team taking Oklahoma tonight. We also did talk about uh, the uh, the NBA that Adrian Griffin fired after going 30-13 and 13 to start his NBA head coaching career at the Milwaukee Bucks. He is out the presumed leading candidate right now is Doc Rivers, even though they haven't even picked up the phone and called him. By the time that though that report came out, uh, they want to bring in a, a more veteran coach, felt that Adrian Griffin may have been in over his head. Uh, that was the belief, at least in Milwaukee. Uh, we also got into the Terry Rozier traded to Miami for Kyle Lowry and a protected first-round pick. Charlotte may be not done dealing either as they continue to try and shed some contracts, shed and get some future picks, a little bit of assets to try and have some room to move around for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, we should be getting the MLB Hall of Fame announcements at some point soon or the Baseball Hall of Fame announcements at some point soon. I'll keep trying to check to see if I see those come in, and we'll let you know when we see those come in. Uh, for Texas, they do get another commitment uh, since our last show. The defensive lineman, 6'4", 305, three-star from Las Vegas, a senior coming from Arizona, played with Johnny Nansen uh, in Arizona. He is coming over to bolster the defensive line depth for a Texas team that is hurting a little bit with that. Uh, Texas gets Teoli. Sevilla, I believe, or Sevilla or something of that to that effect. Aoli Sevilla uh, is a commit coming from Arizona defensive lineman uh, to help out with there. The defensive line coach for the Texans, though, uh, Jock Cesare, not retained, not staying with the Texans after this year, which makes you wonder if that may have something to do why Texas still does not have their defensive line coach. And I know I should have to really enunciate on this. The Texans have not kept their defensive line coach. One of the front runners that everybody assumed and rumors were was the front runner for the Texas defensive line position was Rod Wright, the def- the assistant defensive line coach for the Houston Texans. The Texas Longhorns were looking at him, possibly, allegedly, for their defensive line position. But if the Texans were moving on from their D-line coach, 
is there a possibility they may offer him the job as the full-time D-line coach as opposed to just the assistant, and would he take that job over going back to college and coming to Texas, his alma mater? That may be an issue of why it has not been announced yet. Maybe it is an issue of just they're working on the deal and and it's final numbers. Maybe they're looking at somebody else in the NFL altogether. All of those are uh, reasonable things to believe for this Texas defensive line coach uh, position. However, you have to assume that the reason that the D-line coach has not been hired at Texas, why they've not brought somebody in, is not for a lack of trying to find somebody. Is that that person was probably either in the NFL playoffs or still in the NFL playoffs. And so they can hire him until after the NFL uh, seasons are done. Maybe he's still waiting to do an exit interview. Uh, but that came out today that the Texans are not keeping their defensive line coach. So we will have to see if uh, if that has something to do with Texas and Rod Wright as he is the assistant defensive line coach. And if they would be keeping him on board if they're moving on altogether. And then that opens up for uh, Texas a bit more. Uh, let's keep rolling here. Uh, let's get into a little bit more NFL talk. Actually, you know what? Let's hit the text line a little bit more before we get there because I don't want to leave you guys waiting for too long. Uh, Texter says, "How do you? if you did not hear the poll today, today is your favorite OU joke since Texas plays OU tonight. Uh, Texter says, how do you know a Sooner invented the toothbrush? If it was anyone else, it would have been called a teeth brush. Yes, I like that one. And my favorite Sooner joke is how many Sooner fans does it take to equal 32 teeth total, otherwise known as a full set of teeth? Answer. Answer, 33 to 35 Sooner fans, there's always some that have no teeth at all. You know, you guys, uh, I think they, hey, should, should we get Dr. Eckert to open a a, a branch there in, uh, in Norman? Would that help them out? If you guys are saying they have such bad teeth, I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, another great uh, dual threat quarterback, not as dual as Lamar, was Roger Staubach, especially when he first started. Yeah, the game was extremely different then. Uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s, or basically the entire 70s when Staubach played. I believe he played basically 69 to 79, if I'm correct on that one, uh, for Roger Staubach. Uh, but yes, no, another, and you know, a lot more quarterback. It was such a bigger run game. You, you still had kind of options were still available somewhat at a point in the NFL before the passing game became more and more prolific. And Lamar Jackson became somebody who can effectively run the ball and stay not stay on the field to an point he hasn't up until this season that's been another issue another point why people didn't want to give up the the first to go get him uh but yes Roger Staubach another one that you can throw in uh different different game though different game what was that what 50 years ago a different game 40 years ago we should say uh Giannis may be a diva third coach fired in his career and still has one of his bum brothers on the roster it's still that Giannis when he came in the other day comes in immediately turns the ball over and then picks up a flagrant foul. <laughs> it was, or a flopping foul, sorry, a flopping foul where he turns the ball over and then fouls and then comes back on the other end and then falls over and they call a flopping foul. He's like, man, you are not, you should not be in the NBA. You are in over your head. But yes, I, I do think he, his priorities may not be in line with the Milwaukee Bucks long-term, which a lot of guys aren't. And the question will be, is he somebody who has to be right and he just constantly wants to change the coach because they're not doing what he wants? Or is it some or is he right and he wasn't getting enough out of Mike Bud? And I think the reality is he needs to step up more. If he's continually upset that people are not going out to him and asking him what he wants, then that's on him. You're the star. 
Go do it. We saw, we heard the Jimmy Butler telling Bill what to do. If you're the star in the NBA, Adrian Griffin wasn't going to tell you to shut up. You need to go tell him, hey, man, if I want to see this play, I want to go do that. I, I think that there may be some issues with him not understanding that everyone's not going to keep reaching over and go, Giannis, what do you think? At every single timeout. And that may be an issue. I'm not in the Milwaukee Bucks uh, locker room, so I can't tell you. We haven't seen enough of it publicly to see him be a problem. Uh, but it does it does seem that this is a third guy, and all signs point to Giannis being unhappy with the coaching. Jan says, keys to victory tonight against OU. Uh, I mean, look, the easy keys, Chan, and I can tell you this, and it'll be for pretty much every game, rebound and hit threes. That's, that's your easy answer for the rest of the season. Rebound and hit threes is two things that Texas does not do consistently enough. Uh, they don't rebound and hit threes. They do that. Their defense is not is the paramount of important. Tonight, the defense is going to be important against these guards. Don't let them start shooting threes. They're not a great offensive team, so don't let them become one uh, just because of your lack of effort. And, and for Dylan DeSue, it's staying out of foul trouble. Uh, they get a lot of fouls called against them for OU. They're going to want to come after him, and every team knows that Dylan DeSue is key to pick up one or two of those. And if you can get him on the bench, it really opens things up for you on both ends of the court. So they're going to be trying to get Dylan DeSue in foul trouble. He has to play smart to not get in foul trouble. That's going to be a big piece uh, for Texas. But as far as, as for OU, they're going to try and play heavy defense on Texas. Those guards are a little bit bigger than Texas guards. Uh, so Texas is going to have to play, is be able to get in there and play bully, bump around, do not turn the ball over. But if you go to the paint and they bump you, you know, follow, you know, try and finish the shot. But you know, don't don't avoid contact every time. Let them get in foul trouble. Then they have to back off you, and you can go do what you want to do. But don't allow don't allow them to push you around, and then you pick up fouls because you're trying to fight back. That's a bad way to play basketball. Uh, Texter says, "How do you hit on woman? How do?" How do you hit on a woman from Oklahoma? Nice tooth. Another teeth one. Man, yeah, we knew we had Dr. Ecker up there. I'll tell you. Uh, if a Sooner divorces his wife, are they still cousins? Yeah, yeah. Another good Sooner one there. Does anybody even know what a Sooner is? Can someone explain that to me? I don't think it's a thing. I think they made it up, and they're too embarrassed to change it. Uh, as a Texas Tech fan, I know I should want UT to win tonight because it makes Texas Tech look better. That's hard to do, though, but I guess it wins. Uh, a, it's a win-win for Tech fans. <laughs> look I, Texas Tech is good this year y'all guys are doing really well this year I know people, Texas fans were were so upset that Tech beat Texas that Texas Tech is playing really good basketball the question is can it withstand for the entire season you know you may you know that Pop Isaac stuff you still have to worry about a little bit to see if there's any going to be any punishment that comes down later in the season uh, but you know the question is can you maintain that level of play for entire season into the playoffs that's been an issue for Texas Tech in recent years that has kind of tallied off uh sometimes in the end of the season but I, I mean I, I like the job they've done there they're playing tough basketball and that's what you got to do when you're a school like Texas Tech a uh, little NFL news to get to uh the Titans have hired their coach Brian Callahan when all these big names are circulating around and people are looking and you know there's a lot of uh you know there's names like Bobby Slowick now that are hot names or Ben Johnson from the Lions, uh, offensive coordinators that you may go for. The Titans decide to go for Brian Callahan, who's the offensive coordinator of the Bengals, which it was a hotter name a year ago. But again, and we know what Rod Babers was talking about earlier when we played that clip, that the nepotism, he is Bill Callahan's son. Uh, he's 39 years old. He's been the Bengals OC since 2019. I think really the whole fact of what he did with uh, Jake Browning, 
that being able to win and play well with a lesser quarterback is what Tennessee wants. I, this seems like a real Tennessee move. It's a you know a move of hiring somebody that has a name and and I, I don't know how much this is the new general manager and president and more this feels like a Tennessee Titans move uh, of just kind of an old school move to hire a guy that's got the name in there that made a, a quarterback who wasn't great play well. Uh, those types of things. I'm not against the hiring of Brian Callahan, uh, but I, it is a bit surprising that that was the first domino you'd see fall for the Titans. I figured they'd be able to get maybe somebody better, but maybe a lot of people were not as thrilled uh, going to Tennessee uh, going into a vision now with the Texans where they're looking good. And you know Jacksonville could get over that hump and start playing better at any point. Indianapolis got uh, Anthony Richardson now coming back. He'll be healthier next season. Uh, they may be, you know, maybe a lot of coaches were not as thrilled. And I'm sure after firing a Mike Vrabel, who won a coach of the year a couple of years ago, that they may think, you know, I don't necessarily want to go here. So they go with the 39-year-old Brian Callahan in Tennessee. The Panthers have hired Dan Morgan as a general manager. He was a Panthers player from 01 to 07. Uh, he has been actually working in the executive side since 2010. He started as a scouting intern. Uh, has worked his way up. He's been with the Panthers since 2021. But the Panthers keeping it in-house to hire their general manager. Not sure he's the best, but it is a football guy. Uh, so bring in a football guy to talk football. That's, I prefer that to some people that it gets too far into the suits. And when you have a an owner like David Tepper who constantly wants to get involved in things, you may need to bring in some more football guys. So I'm not opposed to that, of hiring Dan Morgan. There's a giant rebuild that needs to be done there in Carolina. So he will be in charge of that. Uh, the Bears hire Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator. He comes from the Seahawks. He's been there since 21. Uh, he coached there. Uh, he came over from the Sean McVay offense. He was working in L.A. with the Rams since 2017. Came over with Sean McVay from Washington. Uh, he goes over that Cliff Kingsbury talk. That is now done in Chicago. This doesn't tell you fully if they're if they're going to keep fields or if they're going on to Caleb Williams. This move doesn't necessarily shadow it too much. Uh, you could believe that he was a guy that Russell Wilson was a fan of working with. He did. He's done well with Geno Smith. Yet another offensive coordinator where people are more impressed. It's not can you. What can you do with a really good quarterback? It's what can you do with a quarterback that people maybe thought was done, and you brought him back and showed what he could do. Could show you that while you rejuvenated Geno Smith's career, maybe you can go over and rejuvenate G, uh, Justin Fields. Get him to that next step up. Get his accuracy a little bit better. Get him to play a better game. And we can trade that number one back and really build up our team. Because if Justin Fields can play the quarterback position, then we figured that out. And now we have the pieces because of the first round pick trade back we can do. We got the, I believe they're the number nine pick too. But they pick up Shane Waldron from uh, Seattle. Seattle now looking to fill more positions as uh, Waldron decides to walk away there and take the uh, offensive coordinator job at the Bears. I don't know if they were keeping him or not after this season either, uh, but he has moved on. Uh, the Eagles are firing a bunch of guys. They just fired Brian Johnson, their offensive coordinator. They'd already fired Sean Desai, their defensive coordinator. They've also said they're not re-signing Matt Patricia. That I mean, you could have seen that from 200 miles away. Uh, he came in at the end of the season and didn't really do anything. This does feel like Nick Sirianni's last call, unless he's able to find some really, really good OCs. Uh, it does feel like the culture in Philadelphia is taking a huge hit when you start to have that 
uh, problem of, well, you know, the offensive and defensive coordinator leaves, so you have to rebuild a lot of that culture uh, because you're losing some major pieces of your coaching staff. You bring in two more, and they're already gone after a year, and you replace one of them inside. It's hard to then really firm hand come back into all these players and get them to believe and to buy in, and the buy-in is so important in football. So we'll see if uh, that ends up biting the the Eagles in the butt. I know Cowboys fans do not mind if the Eagles are going to have some issues, but that is a, a, a big story in Philadelphia is that the uh, Eagles letting go now offensive and defensive coordinators two years in a row replacing both coordinator positions uh, there in Philadelphia. The Raiders uh, are hiring their t- GM now. They are bringing over the Chargers GM, who was just fired at the end of the season, uh, Tom Telesco. Uh, for those wondering why you would get hire a guy who just got fired, he was part of the massive rebuild that if he hired Brandon Staley, that may be your issue, but I think they're trying to bring in some experience to go with Antonio Pierce. Uh, I'm not, it's not a terrible hire. He has a decent record as a drafter. He's drafted Jason Verrett, Melvin Gordon, Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, Justin Herbert, and Rashawn Slater all there in the first round. Uh, Quentin Johnson is who he drafted this year. I don't know how much they need him there. He also drafted Mike Williams, who's a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, he's drafted pretty well in the first round. Uh, he's not, you know, he's stuck around. I think he built a decent roster in L.A. It may be some of the more football operations. You need to bring in some other people around him. Uh, Raiders fans, not happy about it at all, but that's not hugely surprising. Uh, but he is a name that has had a lot of experience. He was with the Colts since 98 to 2002, uh, and or 2012, and then he ended up with the Chargers for the last 10 seasons. So uh, a lot of experience coming over from L.A. to the Raiders staying in Division Two knows a lot of those players, knows how to game plan, those types of things uh, for the Raiders, bringing in their new general manager, keeping Antonio Pierce as coach as well. Uh, all reports the Chargers are pretty close to hiring Jim Harbaugh, starting to work out details, starting to look into who he would need to bring in as coach, and I think that's really where the money lies is, you know, Harbaugh is going to get paid. The question is how much do his assistants need to get paid and his coordinators, and then how much, you know, are you paying for new facilities or whatever else and new staff to do the kind of things he wants to do on his team? That's where you have to start really going into with them and saying, all right, well, we're giving you, you know, $10 million a season, and then are we spending another 15 to 20 a season on these other people? That's where the money starts to rack up for the Chargers, who have notoriously not been the, the most spendy organization in the world, especially with staff, uh, but a huge hiring that would open up their window for a Super Bowl and uh, you know really get him to a place where I don't think, you know, if you talk about how bra- bad Brandon Staley was as a head coach, to flip that to Jim Harbaugh, it would be a big culture change, but a good change for the Chargers. And one more note we'll go throw out before we take a break. Stroud and Anderson get the Pro Football Writers Rookies of the Year offensive and defensive. Stroud wins it overall, uh, wins offensive, and then Will Anderson wins it for the defensive. So some wins for the Texans rookies. When people were so worried about that draft, you know what? You got to say, Casario did well in that draft as well. He did well. He did well. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get back to the text on 512-447-3776. Anything else you guys want to talk about, NFL, NBA, college basketball, and your best Sooner jokes, send them all in on the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. We'll be right back. We'll hit that up here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn on a Tuesday afternoon. Haven't seen those uh, the Hall of Fame people come through yet. I'll keep looking to see if I see those come through. Uh, I do see one. Uh, Todd Helton is going to be going into the Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre heading into the Hall of Fame as well. Joe Maurer looks like he is going into the Hall of Fame in this break. I do not see a Billy Wagner. I do not know if he made it in or not. We'll have to see the complete list. Uh, but what I see, it does look like Adrian Beltre making it in. Uh, we are playing music all week long because it is uh, National Blood Donor Month, Blood Donor Appreciation Month, or Blood Donor Month, but celebrating everybody out there who gives and donates blood, a great cause uh, that if you can go out there and donate your blood. So we're playing some blood songs all week long here on the sports complex asking on the text line to send in your favorite OU jokes as Texas takes on OU here in a, just a few minutes. Uh, and as well as anything else you guys want to talk about on the show, uh, we get, uh, Texas Tech fans after last year, this season has already been amazing. That's the, that's the right attitude, but I know you're going to get greedy later in the season. So you gotta, you gotta keep going forward. You gotta keep going forward. Uh, the text, text says the Sooners got their name because of the land grant days where people got there too soon and cheated. I've always heard this and it still doesn't make sense to me that they celebrate that, that they're just like, yep, we cheated. We cheated to win. I guess, you know, it kind of goes with being American, but at the same point, it just, it never, I I've always heard that. That's the only explanation I've ever heard about the term Sooners, but I would not name my college after that. That's just me or my university. Sorry. Uh, Texter says, my favorite joke was you can't spell O-U. You can't spell uh, suck without O-U. O-U. I get it. I get it. Uh, Chan, what do you got here? Uh, Need to play Johnson again tonight. Get him some experience. Also help out with the defense. I'd like to see Chris Johnson play more. Get him some road experience. Uh, this is going to be another tough matchup to get him in against the number 11 team. You'd like to see him, you know, when you're able to get a lead and have him go out there a little bit more in those moments. Uh, but I would want to see, I do want to see Chris Johnson play. Uh, Kendall Weaver is going to be another one where, you know, I don't know how much the the guard offense is going to be a big play for Oklahoma. Their defense is really, really good. So I don't know how much you can bring in guys that are not offensively Leaning in this game, you may have to stick with guys who can score a little bit more and won't turn the ball over, which may lead to less play for Chris Johnson. But I do want to see him get in the game at least a little bit of run. Uh, you're going to see some, you know, for Kendall Weaver, it's another one that anyone they can cheat off of, 
Really good defensive teams will kill you if you have guys you can cheat off of. So Dylan Mitchell, it's going to be big on him to not let them just cheat off of him and not get paid back for it when they're not going to guard him on the three-point line. Can he drive the bucket and still get points? Are they able to, you know, can Dylan DeSue keep them honest and keep them on the floor? Caden Shedrick, those guys who maybe sometimes disappear. IT Horton, if he hits threes tonight, man, that would be huge. Uh, I do want to see Chris Johnson, though, Chan. I want to see him keep getting playing time because you want to start getting him more ready. As we saw earlier with Kansas last night, uh, that Johnny Furphy. And now he's a, you know he was supposed to be better, and he's 6'9". There's some other things about him that make you say, well, he can probably get in and give us some minutes. Uh, but you don't expect him to be leading the team in scoring uh, on a game necessarily this early in the season. You expect maybe maybe in the tournament, if they really turn it out at that level, uh, but you want to see Chris Johnson get some more time just to add a little bit more depth to this team. And, you know, you don't have that front court depth. It's just not going to come. I know Onyema may get some more minutes in this game as well. He didn't really play against Baylor. Uh, but I think you're going to see more guard play than than big play tonight too just to try and get it to play to your strengths and not necessarily play to the other team's weaknesses. You have to try and play to your strengths. Uh, I do want to play some sound uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, Rob Babers went behind it. He does it every day. Some good stuff from uh, from Rob Babers from this morning on a hook him up replay here on the Sports Complex. All right, a couple of uh, items, a couple of little nuggets here for uh, Texas football fans out there. Uh, one uh, nugget was about the Heisman odds for 2024. I've seen a couple of these, and the latest comes from FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel Sportsbook has. Uh, Quinn Ewers and Carson Beck with the best overall odds, seven and a half to one odds to win the Heisman Trophy. They are ahead. Both of those guys are ahead of Dylan Gabriel, who's second at ten to one. Then Will Howard and Jalen Milrow tied at twelve to one. Will Howard? I don't know how Will Howard got up in there, but he did. Will Howard's got. I mean, Will Howard's got a good team around him, man. He ended up at Ohio State out of nowhere. I was like, what? Uh, Will Howard at Ohio State? I don't know how that happened. Will Howard kind of failed up, didn't he? He did. He's got. Is he good looking like Cliff Kingsbury? What's going on with Will Howard these days? Because wasn't he going to lose his job anyhow at K State? To Avery Johnson, the young yes. phenom prodigy at quarterback. And yeah, he maybe visited USC and everybody was like, hold up. And there's there reports he was close to signing with USC. And I was like, hold up. Will Howard and Lincoln Riley? What's going on? And then he ends up at Ohio State with Ryan Day. So I don't, is he, pro- you, you know a lot about Ohio State football. Is he projected to be a starter there? Ah, well, look, I mean, Devin Brown is there, the kid that wears number 33 that can't stay healthy. He would be the prohibitive, I think, the, the odds favorite. Okay. But Will Howard's got experience on him and, uh, you know, bigger guy. They also just got the kid from Alabama, that uh, five-star quarterback, yes. Julian Sayan. Yes. Um, part Ready of that big that. weekend that they just had. Yeah. I, I don't know. And they got Caleb Downs in, too. That's pretty And, nice. of course, they've hired Bill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator, so I don't know Ooh. what the offense is going to be. I don't know if I like that either. Will Howard, so, based on these, these uh, FanDuel Sportsbook uh, odds here, they have Will Howard with the tied for the third best odds to win the Heisman. What? What does that say about the, court, the crop of quarterbacks Well, you mentioned back? Quinn Ewers and Carson Beck. I mean, and they play one another, obviously, coming up in October, which will be a lot of fun. Head-to-head matchup. Yeah, uh, it's just that's – I never thought that would be the case. But there you I go. agree with you. Um, I, I don't know – I mean, you, you Ohio State buddy, Buckeye fans can weigh in who's going to be the quarterback there. But I, that would indicate Fandil thinks it's going to be Will Howard. Fandil thinks it's going to be <laughs> Will Howard. Uh, otherwise, why would you go there if you're Will Howard, though? 
I mean, you're a veteran quarterback. You could well go somewhere and start. I'm pretty surprised. I thought he was transferring out of K State because he was going to lose his job and he was going to end up going somewhere smaller. So he can start. So he can he start. Guarantee himself a starting spot, and he did not do that. <laughs> no, he went somewhere bigger. And he's like, so you know what? Maybe Will Howard's betting on Will Howard, and instead of being Will Spill the Peel Howard, he's going to be Will the Thrill. We shall see. Uh, so there you go. But Quinn Ewers is getting a lot of love. Uh, from a lot of the preseason Heisman odds, as well he should. He's returning four to five offensive linemen. He's also going to have a lot of weapons. He lost a probably 80% of his receiving production overall between the three receivers, X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, uh, and Jay Witt, and J.T. Sanders, and Jonathan Brooks. But Sark's done a great job of going into the portal to replace some of that production with uh, Silas Bolden, Matthew Golden, Isaiah Bond, uh, the guy Amari Nablack, the tight end. And then, of course, you've got the young guys who are in that position room at the wide receiver room already. So uh, he's got a lot of proven commodities to throw to. It'll be up to Quinn to really build that chemistry with those guys in the offseason. Uh, that's the only thing I can see really holding back his uh, development and evolution as a quarterback. Uh, I can't even see regression uh, for Quinn Ewers because uh, you, uh, if, if usually a guy loses 80% of your receiving production, you would throw out there it's possible he could regress because he doesn't have production. But in the transfer portal era, Sark, it replaced a lot of that production. It's not the same. That's why I think chemistry is probably going to be the biggest factor in how quickly they have, you know, that, that this productivity can really, really start to elevate for, for, uh, for Quinn. But that's the only thing I see really holding back Quinn from taking his game to a Heisman, Heisman finalist type level is what they're saying here. Uh, okay, so uh, other nuggets here about uh, the Longhorn uh, football uh, season Longhorn football team. We also don't know who the defensive line coach is just yet. There were talks that it was going to be Rod Wright. Maybe it is still going to be Rod Wright, but his season was done a couple of days ago uh, with the Houston Texans as an assistant D-line coach, so we're not sure exactly who Sark is targeting at D-line coach. Maybe it still is Rod Wright, or if something may have kind of stalled uh, the talks, or if Sark is looking at another NFL coach potentially uh, for the defensive line coach, or maybe there's a college coach he's looking at. Right now, there have not been a lot of reports, a lot of buzz about that. And with the buzz dying down, usually you think it was the last big name or the last hot name before the buzz died down. That was Rod Wright. But since, we have not heard much about the defensive line uh, coaching position for the Longhorns. Uh, another uh, uh, story that I thought was interesting the uh, folks over at ESPN, they ranked the most impactful college football games of the season coming up in 2024. The Longhorns are featured in three of the top seven matchups based on their uh, projections. They have Georgia at Texas as the number one most important and most impactful game determining the college football playoff for next season, the new 12-team playoff. Uh, they have Oklahoma versus Texas uh, as number seven. Yes, I know. I, I usually say Texas, Oklahoma. They put Oklahoma first. I don't know why. Uh, then they have uh, Texas and Michigan at number four. So basically, uh, uh, Georgia at Texas, Texas at Michigan, and Texas OU they have as three of the top seven. So those will be your blockbuster marquee matchups for the Longhorns next season. And uh, I guarantee they're going to be ratings 
they're going to be ratings bonanzas, considering that Georgia at Texas game, Michigan, uh, that Texas Michigan game is going to be big. We don't even know who the heck. Maybe Jim Harbaugh will be back. Maybe he won't. Uh, they're going to lose a lot. They'll still be really highly ranked. And, of course, Oklahoma will probably end up being a ranked team, too. I don't know if they'll be ranked by that time. We've got to go see what their schedule looks like before they play Texas. Uh, but that Georgia at Texas game, that's going to be huge because they'll both be ranked in the top five. And likely Texas, Michigan will both be ranked. Depending on how things go, they'll also be ranked in the top five early on in the season too. So that stretch, I believe Texas plays Oklahoma and Georgia within three weeks of one another. That pretty much will be the season. That will determine Texas' season, whether they're going to be a college football playoff, well, national championship caliber team, a team that can win the SEC, or whether it's be a team that's just trying to make the playoffs. Um, and they still, I mean, you can, that's the beauty of the 12-team playoff. You can, you know, lose one or two of those games, potentially still have a chance to make the college football playoff because you're just looking for the 12 best teams. So. 100%. Yeah. Well, I, as I say, I think those will be the one-two teams in the AP preseason AP top 25. I Texas, think Texas Georgia. and Georgia, whichever order they go. I think Oregon and Ohio State will be considered for that, but I think those are the two because they're both coming back with their quarterbacks. They both come back with coaching continuity. Um, and, you know, Carson Beck was really good last year for Georgia. He was good. Um, you know, he's an excellent young quarterback. So, yeah, I think uh, – and the fact that they play each other in October, as you just said, uh, what, a, what, a, what a matchup that'll be. And um, Texas off to the SEC, here we go. And uh, Quinn Ewers certainly will be in that. And, you know – They can – I mean, they, they'll be in the, in the conversation to win the SEC in Texas' first year in the SEC. Um and as I, I, you know, I, I said this when it came out, and I, the more you look at it, the te- Longhorns got a pretty good draw as far as schedule goes. They did. That stretches that Oklahoma, Georgia. They got Oklahoma and Georgia within two, three weeks of each that's other. That's right. That's within right. Three weeks. That's going to be – that's the stretch. But if that you look around stretch. the big – like Oklahoma's schedule in their first year in the, in the SEC is tougher. Yes. Much tougher. Agreed. Uh, because Texas has seven home games next year. Their road games are at Michigan, at Arkansas, at A&M. Um, and then they go to Dallas to play Oklahoma. Pretty sure that's it for their road game. So that's – I mean, that, yeah, it's the SEC. You're not going to – it's going to be yeah. – you're, you're playing good teams. Florida, you got to play. you got to play Kentucky. I mean, you, you got some – but, again, same time as far as, as – as, if you look at what Florida's schedule looks like this coming year and Oklahoma, uh, it could be tougher. It could have been tougher. And this is, this is a team that is kind of built to be immediately successful with all the portal additions, the eight portal additions that they've made, and they may not be done in that portal, uh, plus the, the returning players, and especially quarterback – and offensive line. Good stuff there from Hook 'em Up with E and Rod B. All right, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back, hit up the text line one more time. 512 447 3776 is your text line. Any more OU jokes you want to throw at us? Any other questions or comments or anything you want to talk about? NFL, MLB, uh, NBA. We'll, we'll mention the uh, MLB Hall of Famers for you one more time. Uh, who got in and who got out and how many votes were they out by? Uh, we'll mention that when we come back and wrap up the show here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on a Tuesday afternoon. 
did get the news to come down that Ryan Williams, the five-star wide receiver that Texas was in the running for, has canceled his visit to Texas. Probably not a great sign, uh, but I believe, and we'll get more into tomorrow. We'll probably have more information on it tomorrow. Could believe that with a lot of the signings and uh, you know transfers and everything happening, he could want more playing time early, and Texas could not do that for him. We'll, we'll see what ends up with Ryan Williams, but that is, yeah, not the best news. Uh, WPAI Parts Guy says, I don't have a clue who, but do you think Sark missed on securing our defensive line coach is now picking second tier? I don't know if that's the case. If it's another week, it may be, but I believe it would still be someone in the NFL, and it may be someone really good in the NFL. We just don't know yet. Uh, we will have to wait and see on that one. Uh, Joe Maurer, Todd Helton, and Adrian Beltre third baseman for the Rangers for a long time, all in the Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner, ninth year on the ballot, missed it by five votes. Last year will be his last year on the ballot. Hopefully they'll get him in. Uh, We'll cover it more and more tomorrow. And the Texas OU recap tomorrow. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here on the Sports Complex.